0: You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello, and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Chris, I'm the host tonight, and I'm joined tonight by John and Andy. okay guys. Good evening. Good evening. I think there's somebody at someone's door. I heard a ding just there as well. So uh, that's a good professional start to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's my pizza in. right. well there's one main topic for tonight because it's uh, International Week and uh, it's not going to be a happy podcast I don't think. But, uh, so, we may as well start off with the, the good news of the weekend, which is it was a, another charity bet win, because although we only had one game to pick from the, the championship, we went with the Queen of the South goalscorer being Derek Lyle, and he got the only goal of the game. So that was another uh, £45 in the coffers, that's 100 quid we've managed to make over the last two weeks for first goal scorers. so uh, we're doing pretty well there, I think.
1: Fantastic. research.
0: Uh, indeed, it was because we were about to go for. Uh, was it Ian Russell we were going to go That's for? Ian Russell. Uh, so, uh, Always do I was, your homework, guy. Yeah, I that proved that that was that was uh, a good bit of homework. So uh, all credit to John for that one. Uh, but I uh, was uh, that was the only thing we've got right because the Petrofac Training Cup. We were uh, what was it a treble we had on that I believe.
1: Who who said about?
0: I know I film Fairblood beating Superburton I think they made the money for it but uh, <laughs> no Superburton get through uh, and they will Quite face as well, eh? yeah they're, they're going to face the winner of Livingston and Rangers, Rangers
2: in the, the semi-final
0: yeah. which means the other draw is Queen's Park and Peterhead so uh, that's uh, a
2: great draw for Peterhead yeah. that's, that's a cracking
0: draw yeah that could be, they could be in the final as I, I, I tweeted for the, the SFF podcast uh, Twitter account earlier well, that's, that's Peter Head going to Hamden to try and make a final in a smaller stadium. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be
1: one for the, the pub quiz. Trivia in the future. Uh, pub quiz. Absolutely.
0: That's if they make it, of course, because Queen's Park will uh, have a, a say in it. they hoping that Seamus is in the final, not Peter Head. Uh, yeah, that's, that's 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 pretty much the, the entire coverage of the, the the domestic football for the weekend. On oh, one, quick snapshot of the, how the charity bit went, because uh, the main focus last week has, of course, been on uh, Scotland double header against Poland and Gibraltar. And uh, we may as well go back to Thursday night, because I'd assume everybody that's listening to this already knows that Scotland are not going to France this, uh, next year. This coming summer, it's, uh, we're, we're staying at home. We've got the keys to the UK. Because the rest of them are all going. We're staying yeah, in the a few weeks. Uh, we've got an empty. It's depressing. <laughs> I mean, I've, I mean, yeah. well, I sh- we should say full credit to Northern Ireland, especially they won their group. Uh, I know, I know, Greece was a top seed, but uh, I think Northern Ireland were fourth seed or something in that group, as I think. So uh, it wasn't just Greece who overcame to win that group. So uh, uh, full credit to them for winning. England, I think, are going through a 100% record. They were 3-0 up against Lithuania in the last I saw. So, so uh, yeah. To them as well? And of course, Wales, they, they quenched their place uh, this week as well. I think that was that was almost a formality by the time we got to, to October, but uh, Wales will be there as well. So that's their, their first major tournament since 1958. It's Northern Ireland's first major tournament since 1986.
2: So that's... Uh,
0: and their first, first Euros, champion. Their first ever Euros, yeah. yeah. I think, is that the first Euros for both of them, then? Yeah, yes. That must yeah. be, because yeah. the, Euros yeah. sta- ah, the Euros started in 1960, so Wales haven't qualified exactly. for anything in the like entire history of the, the European qualifiers, so right. Right, uh, They're not the only yeah. newcomers, though, because um, one of the other Albania. names is Albania. Albania. Yeah, Albania qualified to beat Denmark, sure Iceland, Iceland qualified like. or something, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, there's a few new names in, the, in there, but uh, sadly, oh. Scotland isn't one of them. And... Um, well, we we'll go back and talk about Poland game because that was probably the exciting part of the, 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 the double header. But either of you there? Who started
1: then?
0: I was there, so I am
1: I was there. I, as well
0: I the <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm, I went into the game thinking we were going to get, but it was we we're going to get a, a bit of a beating, But it was still the start of it was still even worse than that I ever thought it was going to be. Because after three minutes Lewandowski scored, which was good for my anytime goal scorer bit, and I think Laurie also had um, Lewandowski scoring first, so he got better odds than either. Four was from Scotland's,
2: Scotland's misery—it's shocking.
0: Yeah, Right. <laughs> I suppose the first thing we should say it was, was he offside? Yes. No. I no. don't think so. Hmm. I think he was offside, but I don't think there's any way the linesman could tell at the speed. Because even no. I thought at the time he was on, and I thought it was it was considerably onside as well. I didn't realize it was as tight as uh, the replay showed it to be. So that's why I'm not. That's why I'm not a linesman.
2: There's definitely definitely an argument for it, but uh, like you say, I mean, very difficult for the linesman to be able to spot that um, such a, a kind of marginal call as well. Um, I, I just don't, I don't think it's you know realistic for us to really expect the the, the linesman to be able. To to, to identify that
0: no no I think you're, you're, you're looking at technology to try and help you out there and even then it's it's yeah. so tight that it's one of those ones for for the good of the game you kind of want to benefit to go to the attacker for the good of Scotland yeah. you want to benefit of the, to go to the defender obviously but <laughs> it wasn't to me so uh, yeah I, mean, I wasn't, I wasn't up
2: in arms about the decision anyway you know certainly didn't have many complaints about that
0: no, I like, say I never. I, well, he looked inside when I was at the game, and even after I seen it on the tail, it was kind of, uh, it was it was so marginal you're not, you can't really dispute it. So you're, you're fair enough. His Lewandowski he's, he's scored enough goals, can probably. Yeah,
2: when that goal went in, though, I mean, I was convinced that it was going to be a, a really difficult night.
0: Yeah, That's I was uh, exactly Poland the same. Just control. Yeah, I mean, for, yeah. for the next uh, twenty-five, thirty minutes or so in, the, in that game, we were we were all over the place. It looked like Paul might score more. And the fact they didn't was was maybe what gave us a bit of confidence because the minute Scotland started playing some decent football, well, let's say decent football, we started attacking a bit more after the half-hour mark. It just lifted the atmosphere in the stadium. And suddenly, uh, yeah. Scotland had a bit more belief. And right up to I mean, right up to the point that we scored, I wasn't entirely sure if we were going to create anything, but the, I remember thinking at the time that James Forrest seemed to have a big exclusion zone around him for the uh, Scotland players, not helping him out. But I'm um, full I mean, credit to him. We picked out Matt Ritchie for just at the, the end of the first half and what a strike!
2: I know it was it was fantastic. I, my first thought when Ritchie took that one up one was, off. no, not again, because he'd just missed a couple of other uh, attempts from from long range. Um, so I was, I mean, wasn't exactly hoping for for the best, but God Almighty, that was a a thunderbolt of a strike.
0: Yeah, fantastic. He's done it before, before for the uh, Bournemouth as well, so it's not as if he's got, it's like, not unheard of. I mean, he's reminded he very much of Chris Commons because Chris Commons has a habit for Celtic of just hitting the ball whenever he gets a chance to shoot, and Commons can have an yeah. absolute stinker for the entire game, but he might score a cracking goal. And I think Matt Ritchie was exactly the same on Thursday night. I, up until the point that he scored, I thought Ritchie he was having a horrendous match. Not I mean none of his crushes were finding anybody. Like you say, he had the shot yep. just before it; it was nowhere near. But uh, yeah, I well, that's, that's, if, that's, if you if you, if you if you're going to hit it that well, then you can kind of you can make allowances.
2: Yeah, well, I, I kind of it's quite frustrating, that, uh,
0: though Yeah,
2: sorry. Oh, that's right. Um, no, I, I, I was kind of feeling throughout the, the, the first half that oh, until that moment really um, our attacking sort of unit wasn't clicking at all. Um, obviously, the polls anytime they broke forward were showing a lot more cohesion. Um, they looked sharp and dangerous every time they they burst into our half but you know we we couldn't click as a unit at all um you know in trying to to move forward um you know to their territory um Richie i mean well, that was just a it was exactly what we needed ahead of the second half it must have changed yeah. the complexion of the team talk tenfold um
0: but even yeah, in I mean, stands, if the stands, the the stadium was buzzing for the next sort of five ten minutes into the half, and half time break. Aye, just after that goal, time, aye.
2: yeah. And if if, if Richie is going to make a, a habit of doing that, you know, as he as he appears to be, um, that's that's a good asset to have. He's already kind of arguably trumped the goal of the season that he <laughs> scored himself for for Boardmouth earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, it was probably just about as good, if not better.
0: Yep. I right, John, you were saying it's kind of frustrating?
1: Aye, see the whole, we were talking about Richie and his crosses, see, I know Strachan did it when he was at Celtic, he had Matamara on the right, and he had McGeady on the left, but see, it was crying out in the first half to switch Forrest and Richie about, see on the left side, we had two right-footed players with Whitaker and Forrest, so every time either of them getting the ball, they want to cut back, most of the time Richie's getting the ball on the right, he wants to cut back. It makes it easier for the keepers to collect crosses because the ball floats in there as opposed to getting whipped in, and you yeah, striking never changes it. So I think that's quite frustrating. But I've always, I don't like inverted wingers unless in they're two footed, which neither of them really are. Uh, change it about, mix up, give the fullback something different to think about. Yeah,
0: it's always an option. Though. That's one of the things that you should be able to do on the fly, which just changes the complexion of the game entirely. But. No, it seems like he, he wants to do it. You're right, he does. I always like to play these inverted wingers. Maybe was the same as the Celtic. Um,
1: yeah, but I, I, that always frustrates me, especially on the left side. Not so bad on the right side, at least if Richie's cutting in and maybe hardens on the overlap, then it's not so bad because you've got an option. But on the left, there wasn't that option because Whittaker just wants to cut back as well, uh, being right-footed. So I, mean, I found that quite
2: frustrating. Uh, yeah. I mean, Richie did ping that one in with his with his left foot. um, mm-hmm you know that that was kind of him cutting inside uh, or at least drifting into a more central area of the field um so you know, he was that obviously worked in, you know in that case but yeah we probably weren't getting enough crosses in towards fletcher uh, before that you know crosses that were really going to come in from from a wide area and, and stick you know um, it just it wasn't really wasn't really happening.
0: I think another tactic we seemed to have in the first half was the the long ball straight from Marshall all the way to um, Fletcher, and again it was one of those things that wasn't really working for the first half hour. But as the first half went on, it started working a bit better. He started winning the headers. His flick-ons were pretty much starting to find the likes of Stephen Naismith so that almost seemed to get us going in the se- in the first half as well. So I don't know if that was a an idea that we just took about to get going, or if it was or what it was.
2: It's good to see Darren Fletcher back. Uh, probably wasn't his. Hmm. Uh, I mean, he, um, he was he was okay. I mean, he, he wasn't his best performance for, for Scotland by
0: thought, any means. But I thought he was pretty good. Cool. I,
2: uh, I still think that uh, you know, the, the whole partnership. Him and Brown is is one that we never really feel like we've we've kind of reaped the benefits from that as we should have. Um, it, it just never it never seems to have been as as good as it. You know, as you imagine it to be.
0: Um, no, it's a know. it's a strange one. I agree. It's it's one of those ones that you think should work in. Um, right. I, 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 right. It should work in a similar way to the the way that Brown and Beton works at Celtic. But yes. the, the where Brown and Beton seem to complement each other, it just doesn't seem to work with Fletcher and, uh, and Brown. And I can't
1: I can't put my finger on why it is my... Sorry, I thought my car I thought was quite unlucky. not to start. Yeah, oh, I, I
0: think was. thought that myself, and and, and and I know he came on uh, eventually, but and going a back further forward, he, was a, he then had to pull out the squad. So uh, it was something to do with I think this is, his his was giving birth or something like that. So yeah, I don't know if his mind's side, been yeah. elsewhere, and that's probably why um, he's been rested and and we Fletcher instead. But I mean, it makes sense yeah. him to, to send the ball instead of playing him in the Gibraltar game because by the time we got to the Gibraltar game, it was a, a dead rubber, so there was no point risking anything yeah. in that game. Um, no, absolutely.
2: I, I was surprised as well because um, Mark McGee had talked up James MacArthur, um without actually being questioned about him. You know, he he was obviously talking about the the fact that Scotland were missing a couple of players in that position, Mulgrew being one, mm-hmm. um, Morrison being the other. Um, and you know, uh, without really being probed about MacArthur, he said, you know, offered him as an example of someone who who would profit from the uh, the absence of the you know the two midfield competitors. So. Yeah. Um, and McArthur does well against that...
0: Germany last month yeah. as well, so about that, it's I think good, that, that more than was what totally. surprised me. That it didn't because I thought McArthur might yeah. have done enough in the, the Germany game to warrant a place against uh, Poland, but obviously yeah. I got stuck. He's for never a really different...
2: ma- managed. Sorry,
0: no, I was just saying. No, obviously got really stuck. For... <laughs> <laughs> we need that bell again. Is okay. never... you know, like,
1: <laughs> the bell can talk? <laughs>
2: The Belkin talk, guy, absolutely. He's never really nailed down a starting place for any great period of time in a Scotland jersey. MacArthur, no, um, probably a, our, one of our most frequent substitutes, but um, yeah, I, I would like to see him get a get a run. I think he's he's playing, you know, every week at a very good level, and you know, he seems to be impressing. So, yeah,
1: it will be interesting to see that next campaign. There's been a few suggestions, maybe Scott Brown, whether he might give international football a or, or rest,
0: I don't know, to prolong his career. There was a possibility of that. I don't know. He doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. But then, I, I, there's always that doubt that maybe he's, he's, he's carrying that sort of... The injuries he's had at Celtic over the, the last so a few seasons is maybe might start totting up and he might want to try and manage them and make sure he can prolong his it's club career, so it's so always that's always a factor. But I think I think if Brown gets the choice, he'll continue to play for Scotland. I don't think there's much doubt. I think being captain probably helps as well. Yeah, because it's not just a matter of playing for your country; it's captaining your country. Is... I mean, I know it's probably an old, a bit old-fashioned these days. But they used to be the captain in your country it was about as high as accolade you could get. And to a certain extent, a lot of the professionals still think, it, still see it as, as a, a big way to be to be playing for their country and captain in their country. So, I, I think it's, it's just it's just disappointing that we, like there's generations of um, Scotland players that aren't qualifying for things ne- these days and get to play at the, the big tournaments. But I mean, there's, there's always that hope that the next one will be when we end up the, the drought. But um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're looking at what 2018 now at best. So that, yeah. you start looking at the, the squad that was out there against Poland and wondering who, which of those players is likely to continue for the next, well, it's, it's, it's nearly three years away, so. Yeah, and there are some that are that squad as well? No, I think I've seen some like the average age of the squad was about 28, 29, yeah. kind of age, which is quite old for an international squad when you consider some of the other countries have got average ages of like 23, 24.
2: Yeah, there are a few of these guys that are. That are you know, I wouldn't say they're getting on as such, but they're. Um, Malone, Sean Maloney's well into his thirties now, isn't he? And,
1: Thirty-two. Yeah, he's yeah. sitting continual. He's gonna.
2: He, he to will continue. Him. aye but, but whether he whether he's you know playing yeah. at a peak
1: level, because by
2: all accounts his club form for Hull hasn't really been great. I mean, the, the move to uh, the States was a disaster for Maloney. Yeah. Uh, which he's admitted himself, but um, he was kind of. Symptoma- his form for Scotland was symptomatic of our great start, you know, he, he was the kind of the, the real pioneer um, behind our, our really good start to the campaign,
0: mm-hmm. but,
2: you know, since his club circles, we've, we've, we've found it going, so um, yeah, I mean, perhaps, you know, the, the Sean Maloney is like the, the ultimate resemblance of our campaign, you know, his his form
0: Yeah, I think that's exactly it. I mean, Maloney was disappointing in the uh... The Georgia Germany double header, and that's when it's yeah. the Georgia game that you can point to and say there's a problem. But um, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that when we look at the the rest of the uh, the, the, the sort of campaign. Because um, yeah. go back go back to the, the action on Thursday, we went at a half time one each, came back out, didn't concede a, an early goal like we did in the first half, and then we took the lead through another fantastic <laughs> strike from, from uh, Stephen Fletcher last time. Um, there, there, there was an odd free kick given for absolutely nothing from what I could see just before it and if, if you check the Scottish Football Forums Forum somebody put the vine up I think it may have been Craig actually uh, seen
1: that.
0: I wonder what the free kick was given for and you can't really see anything so uh, I'm pretty sure it was a free kick to Germany as well Free <laughs> kick to Germany that would have
1: been no not Germany uh, Poland
0: aye no, a free kick to Poland <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was a free yeah, kick to Poland and then uh, we won the possession back and went out of park and um, like I say cracking finish to Fletcher
2: Oh, it was terrific! Absolutely, I thought we were really onto something when when he scored that. Um, I, just just a very confident attacker, you know. Um, I suppose you know, given that he, you know, his his record in, in Scotland jersey had been sort of questioned before. That you know, a lot was made of the fact that he came into this double having scored for Sunderland at the weekend. So uh, perhaps that you know that was that was something that gave him. The belief to to take the shot on like that because he he just uh, curled it beautifully first time uh, as soon as the you know the the opportunity to shoot came so um that was really that, that was a, a really really good moment um I really thought we were we were onto something good there yeah
0: uh, I thought, I mean full credit to him I was one of those that was saying I didn't want him playing I wanted Griffiths in ahead yeah. of him but like I say I, it did kind of grow into the first half he took his strike uh, terrifically well however there Was that chance with a header later on at 2 1 up? Yeah, when he headed straight at Fabianski, and I even at the time I remember thinking, I hope we don't come to regret that, all right? But, um, I'm, 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 if I'm going to be giving him some kind of credit for that, I don't think it was the easiest of headers to direct, yeah. So, all he did was direct it towards the goal, which unfortunately was, happened to be where Fabianski was standing, but, um. Yeah, it's one of those ones that if it had gone in, then 3 1 up, then we should have been able to see it out. But even then, 2 1 up, we're into the the, the injury time. Uh, we've had four minutes. Was it four minutes we got done? It would have been three four minutes. minutes Some didn't wanted a selfie, by Lewandowski. <laughs> yep. and, uh, and and we gave away a stupid free kick, and I was absolutely raging when we gave that free kick away because I could see what was coming. And I think it was about the only time in the game where I could see what was coming. <laughs> And, um, oh yeah!
2: As soon as Fabianski came up for it, yeah, you, you realised, they're going to really, uh, you know, push this one forward. And um, oh, it was—I mean, Strachan. One of the first things he kind of reflected on was the the bad luck element of it. But I mean, it was fundamentally badly defended. There's
0: no. Yeah, yeah, I I, 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 I can understand where the bad luck comes from because the fact that it hit Grant Hanley's hand, which deflected yeah. it back towards the goal. If he hadn't touched that, it was going wide. But the flick took it onto yep. the post and then obviously it rolled along and they were all crying for handball and then realised they could probably just knock it into the net anyway. And unfortunately Lewandowski was still first to react and obviously got the, the equaliser with the last kick of the ball. It was quite odd that both the first half and the second half ended with a goal. Because usually it's referees like kick. to restart it, but in this case it was, it was both of them were, were finishing off with a goal.
2: Aye, the very last kick.
0: But, do, yeah. do, I, I think um, one question I've got is, do you think the atmosphere at Hamden played a part in how Scotland played out those last fifteen minutes? Because when news filtered through that Ireland had taken the lead against Germany, the atmosphere died.
2: It did, yeah, yeah. Perhaps that had an effect on the players actually, because I mean um, they they must have known exactly what was going on, given just how given how kind of euphoric it was. Uh, you know, when Fletcher scored for it to then just die down completely um, is bordering on being a bit eerie to be honest so yeah, um, yeah. yeah it probably did yeah yeah.
0: I think the, the really annoying thing is though I remember been one of the few people at Hamden going I'm sure there's a scenario where if Scotland and Ireland get 6 points each then we could still go through and I wasn't sure at the time so I couldn't really like, confirm it with anybody else because everyone else was saying oh no Ireland will wonder that's us so. out if it stays like that but yeah. sh- sure enough, had Ireland got 6 out of 6 for their double header, and so did we, we'd have finished 3rd behind Ireland and Poland would have missed it. Yeah. So uh, as it act- as it stood at that point, Scotland still had a chance of going through and yet nobody in Hamden seemed to know it. I, th- I think it was because the-, the scenario was just so unlikely to everybody that Ireland would have to beat Germany and Poland to qualify. Because yeah. people were saying, well we don't even beat Germany so that's not a scenario to even consider. And I think we'd have dismissed it but... But yeah, it, was, uh, it was disappointing.
1: Something to look at in the next campaign, though, because that's twice against Poland, we were two and up in the campaign and never yeah. held on in the last 15 minutes. So that's something we need to look at, closing games out.
0: Yeah, and I mean, look, if, you, if you look back over the whole campaign, we took we, we got two points off Poland, so they've gone, to, they've gone to France next year and they haven't beaten us. Uh, we took four out of six off Ireland, and they've managed to get into the playoffs. So uh certainly the two teams that we were competing with for those places behind Germany, we 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 more than matched them. We should we, have, we should have beaten Poland in one of those two games, especially the game at Hamden. Yeah. But uh the,
2: the, the only problem was there that, you know, if you look at it a different way, we um of the six games we played against the top three, we only won one of them. Um and that's you know, we, we kinda need better than that in order to, to get anywhere in the campaign.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's um, probably that, that. Sorry. I, mean, I was to... at the
1: offside goal in Ireland. Ireland's goal was offside.
0: Aye, well, it was, yeah. our, our equaliser was a deflection, so let's, let's just, <laughs> know, we'll, we'll say that luck evened itself out. But, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, like I, I said, like, I know I keep bringing this up in the podcast, but I said from the very start, 20 points was a target. Um, we, we fell five short of that, three of which was Georgia. Had we beaten Georgia with the finish level in points with Ireland on 18? And we'd have had a better head to head yeah. so we'd be in the playoff. So you can point to the Georgia game without any doubt whatsoever and say that's what cost us a place. Yeah. But if we had we got the twenty points, because it'd have been those three from Georgia and we'd have taken all three from Poland and on Thursday night there, we'd have had two more points than we actually got. Poland would have had a point less, we'd have finished level on with Poland on twenty points and had the better head to head. So if we would got the twenty points that I'd wanted to get in the first place, we'd have finished second.
1: That's also uh, the bit of, kind of uh, Ireland scoring three 90th minute goals in the campaign.
0: Which oh, is yeah, a massive
1: yeah. swing in terms of points for them.
0: Yeah, the really weird so, thing about that is, it was always a stacking thing at Celtic. <laughs> yeah, it used to have been a Martin O'Neill thing with the, the international teams, to get that last minute goal. Yeah, See,
1: before the game, went, like after the Georgia game, out, it's been a really bad campaign, but you look at some of the kind of bits in the group that's changed it, Overall, you think it has it been a terrible campaign? I just like, think the fact that when we drew an Ireland and everyone thought that was Ireland out of it. It seemed to be most folk thought, oh, Ireland are now not going to be in the show of qualifying. It was maybe yeah. it was in our own hands. That's the most frustrating thing. Yeah, ah, yeah. the fact That we were what
0: four? Were we four points ahead after that game. I think so. We yeah. were,
1: yeah. So if we'd won four that game ahead.
2: effectively, they would have been ruled out of it. Yes. Um... If we'd taken full points from that game against Ireland, we could have pretty much been done away with the Republic completely, which would have virtually guaranteed our... Well, would have guaranteed near enough our our, our progress. Um, so perhaps not taking advantage of that opportunity was where it started to go wrong.
0: It's funny, um, though, because there's so, there's so many people having have so many opinions on where it went wrong in this campaign. I've seen people saying it was... Okay, we took we had a good performance in Germany, but we still got beat two one. I don't think we should have been celebrating that. And then you will have people saying, "Well, we probably should have won in Warsaw, and and people were celebrating yeah. the fact that we got two each draw over there, like it was a good thing. And maybe we should have taken more from that game. And I mean, I was always one that was saying I didn't expect to get enough Germany. I was quite happy getting draws away from home uh, against the likes of Poland and uh, Ireland, as long as we beat them at home. So I, yeah. I was never really that bothered about the, the the points we were dropping until we got to the Georgia game, because the other, the other key for me was always taking six out of six off both Gibraltar and Georgia. Now we did, we got six out of six against Gibraltar. And I don't think it was ever any doubt. I mean, I mean Stephen Fletcher himself got six against them. <laughs> that's yes. that's like about the it's only like the fourth hat trick or something ever that a Scottishman scored away from home. Yeah. Like, well, outside the British Isles, apparently. I was reading that in SPL stats. You've Might also ever. got the
1: situation where you've also got a situation where no one ever, well most people before the group started thought Germany would win most of the games yeah. like maybe even all 10 and that was that was going to straight away with Poland beating
0: them. Well that, that, that's probably the thing that we, we were a bit unlucky with and in fact yeah, we did lose by a single goal to Germany each time the 2-1 the yeah. away from home and the 3-2 at home whereas Ireland managed to Take four points off them out of six. Yeah, that's what Ireland have got I all their points from the Poland. Th- took three th- off them. Had had I Germany run running... off... Sorry nah, I, I, I know. I, I kind of know where you're going. I'm just. I was thinking. Had Germany taken the points that we would expected them to take off Poland and Ireland as well as taking off us, then both Poland and Ireland would have had less points than they've got. Okay, Poland would still have finished ahead of us if we hadn't get any extra points whatsoever. But there's no way. I mean, Ireland were three points ahead of us. They took four off Germany. Yeah. So you could also argue that we would have finished third to uh, Germany, just beating Ireland. But I think that's a, it's a very, it's one of those ones you, you can't control how the other teams are going to do against each other. So uh, from yeah, a Scottish yeah. perspective, you have to dismiss how the other teams do. You have to concentrate your own game and, and just go on with it. So, so to say that it's all Germany's fault that we're not qualifying is probably a bit, uh, it's gone a bit far, I think. But uh, I, right. anyway, well, yeah, you think anything
2: say, away from the the Irish? Result, you know, I think Germany were all but, all but definitely, you know, assured of their their place. Yeah. By the time they played them, so um, by all accounts, the Germany performance uh, at the Aviva was, you know, nothing like the one at Hamden that we saw just a month earlier, um, where, you know, without, I mean,
1: the, the bottom line is they played us off the park that night. Um yeah. I think but, you know, oh, oh, I don't oh, think we went into that game believing we could win, though. I, I, I think no. when we face the likes of Germany, we just think. If we get anything out of this game, it's a bonus. I don't think other teams in the group went into the games against you were thinking we're going to lose. Well, no, I'm... I think we generally thought it was a bonus if we got any points. Whereas Poland and Ireland, I don't think they did that.
0: I disagree. We can't afford
1: to do that. Willie lot touched on it today as well. The fact that we go into these big games and if we get anything, it's a bonus. That's the whole mentality. Does need to change. We need. We should be going out, probably even especially at home, that we can be anyone. We've proven in the past that we can beat big teams. Um, and yeah, I think I agree to the extent that we do. We've got this mentality that certain games are not must win games. Strachan even did it as well during the campaign. Okay, maybe he well, we played yeah, down in the press. Maybe we did play it down in yeah. the press, but every game should be, to an extent, must win. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I agree with that, that aspect. But, but yeah, said... the mentality needs to change.
0: I think, going back to what you were saying about the way Poland and Ireland both played against Germany, I don't think they did. I I think the difference was both... If you watch the way Poland played against uh, Germany in that uh, match right at the start of the campaign where they beat them, Poland were were on the back foot for a lot of that game. They, They just defended really solidly, took their chances on the break really well. And, and beating the Germans and I think Ireland was pretty much the same thing in the Aviva now I agree I don't think Germany looked anywhere near as good as they did against us uh, in the previous month but again it was Ireland defending solidly and they took their chance when it came the, the Ireland goal that uh, they got against Germany reminded me a hell of a lot of the, the, the goal that Tony Watt scored against Barcelona for Celtic, it was one Aye. of those big hoofs up the park. There wasn't a Javi there to make a mess of it like he did against uh, against Celtic. But it was one of those ones that went straight through, ran on it, and just fired it past the keeper. There was nothing clever about it. It was just a well-hit uh, ball up the park for the keeper and uh, a terrific strike to finish it off. It was root one, root oh, one football. Yeah. <laughs> the, you know Aye, what, but um, but for most, thing yeah, thing. Yeah, I, th- I think that's maybe that's that that's I mean, annoying. I mean, if you, uh, you ask Ireland fans, they've got this b- thing about you'll never beat the Irish. Now, I know both Scotland and Poland are Irish, did beat the Irish, but that's their mentality, is you're never going to beat us, which is slightly different from like, Scotland, or we'll hope for the best, <laughs> which we seem There's to have talking. against the likes of Germany.
1: There's been talk in the campaign, well. we've played better football in Ireland and all that kind of thing, but that's a very good saying that, but Ireland have got results in here in the playoffs, we're not.
0: I'm not sure we did I mean, I I, I must admit, I did enjoy the two games between Scotland and Ireland, I especially get the game at Celtic Park. And obviously, yeah. the, the one bit of brilliant football resulted in the only goal of the game. I don't think either Scotland or Ireland played particularly well against each other.
2: No, no, I think they were two examples of quite feisty encounters where, yeah, it was it was just a a big battle. Um, yeah, you know, particularly the Parkhead one. Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was a physical game. Um, I don't know if that's down to the players knowing each other so well. Um, it could not be because you know, it was, being... a,
0: was a was battle of a championship in England, wasn't it? <laughs> For the most part,
2: it was, yeah, yeah. Uh, it probably, you know, in in a way, it's kind of really trying to prove a point. You know that, that you know we are the better team. Um, you know from uh, well, obviously not Britain, but uh, you know from the uh, the British Isles. Um, you know we are we are the, the you know the better team.
0: Yeah, I think there was also an there was also that aspect. I don't know how much it was actually made to us, but I know certainly in the the circles I move, there was that big aspect of oh, oh it's Martin O'Neill versus Gordon Strachan. Now we finally see yeah. which one's better. And ultimately, this group has proved absolutely nothing because although Gordon Strachan get the better of Martin O'Neill over the two games, Gordon, uh, Martin O'Neill ultimately is the one that's qualified and Gordon Strachan hasn't. So yes. <laughs> but we're back to square one. It's like I don't know what one of the two is better. <laughs> So of those debates, Aye, which is going cause to continue, to rage John.
2: Aye, because uh, I mean there were there was a lot to like about both of them. You know, when they were at Celtic, they obviously both achieved really big things. Um, so yeah, no, it, it would be. A, I, I can imagine you being quite intrigued as to how that was going to pan out.
0: Yeah, I mean, with my Irish background and my Polish background as well, this group has been an utter nightmare. Um, that's probably Aye. one aspect I am delighted it's over. I'm delighted that Poland have qualified. I really do hope that Ireland can get through the playoffs. But ultimately, more than anything else, I'm gutted Scotland are out.
2: Yes.
0: So we just end the Scottish chat now then. We? <laughs> we're, <gutted. laughs> we're gutted.
1: We're gutted. Absolutely <laughs> devastated. That's camp. How do we approach that campaign?
0: <sighs> well, the first thing we need to do is get Strachan tied up in a contract because I don't want him going anywhere. No, I, yeah,
1: would I agree think with that completely. But I, think, I think that's a
0: debate that's going to be raging on for the next few days because. It, there's a big debate over whether can still get the appetite for it, or if there's a few people suggesting maybe he's a bit too stubborn for it, and we should change it. And this is the best time to change it. And I'm not one of those. I want Striking in there because I don't think the problem is the manager. I think the manager's there to get the best out of the players. Gordon Striking, that's probably his biggest strength. The problem Scotland's got is we don't have a good enough quality of player in certain key positions. Because I mean, yeah. I, I, my my big problem is that defence. That defence is rubbish. But I cannot for the life of me see how we improve it. Graeme Shinney might have improved it rather than Stephen Whitaker at left back. I don't know. I haven't seen Graeme Shinney in a Scotland jersey. Nobody has.
2: No, but no one has. No. We need so to maybe a change of formation. The game throw into an extra man in the approach
1: position? In, in the Aye, Maybe possibly.
0: a change of slight change of formation.
1: He's like 3 five three two or something. Like, well if you look at Andy Robertson, then he's certainly kind be better going forward. Mm. So the possible Either three five two three four three, type thing. Uh, the, only, the problem is on the right. With who on the right have we got? Hutton. That's has not had the best of campaigns. I'm not really a big fan of Wartekar. No. Could Shani maybe pl- filling it right? Playing it right back. Shani can right can't the play right side. back. Yeah, yeah, But that It'd comes be, back. That's inverted.
2: No, oh, that, that comes back to your comment about inverted wide players. <laughs> um. uh, <true. laughs> no.
0: See, It's, it's a difficult know, one. That's just mean. in
1: terms of lack of options. exactly. Who has the old Patterson, maybe a heart, but is he capable? of like him. Up, you him.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, there's obviously no harm in getting him. But he, he's been involved in one of the squads last year. I think he came in. Was it maybe the Ireland game? He came in as a, in a late replacement. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was the Ireland home game. Um, and yeah, that obviously would have given him a, a feel for the. The, the environment but uh, I I really like Patterson I think he you know I think he would be capable of of making the position his own uh, in years to come and um, certainly think we need someone to at least give Hutton some sort of competition yeah because he seems to have had that position you know for quite some time now without you know m- maybe feeling challenged uh, even when he wasn't playing for Aston Villa he seemed to have a, a A very successful international career in the sense that he was playing every game. He was probably the only international regular, but club kind of cast off um, that that we had. And yeah, it's probably not what you know. Something that you hear a lot of international managers say is you know they want the team to be made up of players that are all in really good form for their clubs. And for a long time that wasn't the case with Hutton. He is now playing more regularly for Villa, but. Um the, you know, he has been at fault quite crucially at a couple of uh, points throughout the campaign. The Poland away game strikes me as one where where Hutton had a an absolute stinker. Yes. So um yeah, I would I would like to see some competition in that particular position. Would Anya um,
1: even be an opposite right back?
2: He's been playing full back for Watford I think, but is that not left back as opposed yeah, to Yeah, but he has
1: right he has right
2: footed, isn't he? Uh, I suppose so, yeah. Um, oh, but I I'd prefer players to be playing in their best position. You know, yeah, definitely. Not really a great fan, particularly in international football, of uh, you know, you know, putting players. If if we could find a a good centre back, then we'd probably put Russell Martin back out to right back because after all, that's that's he plays for Norwich, isn't it?
1: See, I thought Martin played centre back now for Norwich. I know he used to play Maybe, right okay. back for him no. I think he now plays centre back for him
2: Okay, he certainly used to play right back for Norwich because yeah. um, that's where he started out for us. Really, as well. So, um, but I mean, in terms of the the quality of the the squad, our our, our team is playing. Well, you know, their club football, on the whole, at a, a higher level than most players in that Northern Ireland squad. The same goes for Wales, with the exception of Bale and Ramsey. Um, how come they've managed to to kind of foster this great team spirit that you know, we've we've not managed to qualify. Um,
1: these
0: nations have. What, we what, have what we yeah, I think I think Wales and case certainly they have a couple of decent, like, really decent players. I mean, you're looking at Wales yeah. Real Madrid. We don't have anybody even close to that kind of thing. No. Um, Northern but Wales I
1: mean,
0: Yeah, no, Ireland's a far better comparison because what, what I mean, even what I seen in the highlights last night uh, in their game against Finland, it was Neil well, McGinn was setting up goals again. Yeah, uh, you've got the likes of Josh McGinnis scoring goals as well. So <laughs> it's, it's not as if that's. They're not exactly unknown to us. These are guys that playing the, the the SPFL, which yeah. is, is probably more. We said for some of the, the Scotland players because I don't really watch the championship.
2: No, no, absolutely, and perhaps that even that comes back to you know one sort of um, criticism that's often directed at Strachan is his his lack of trust or belief in in the, the standard of the the Premiership and you know the, the Scottish Premiership. Um, Of which is kind of shown in the lack of players that are given their chance, um, you know, that play domestically. Um, You know, perhaps Northern Ireland's success with a lot of players from uh, the SPFL shows that they are capable of playing at uh, international level.
0: Yeah, that and the fact that (laughs) Greece. I know I keep banging on about that uh, because I think that, like, I'm looking forward to what the the next campaign, the the World Cup 2018 qualifying. And you look at the teams that are in our group and you look like Malta are rubbish. So, you know, they're bottom of their group this season or this um, campaign the, as well. They're
2: the new Gibraltars. Uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> that, that's the team we should be taking 6-6 six six off anyway. We've got Lithuania who we've met in several campaigns ourselves recently. Uh, we didn't this time, they were in England's group where they finished fourth. So, they were the fifth they're the, So
2: They're the Georgia of the group. Yeah, probably, yep. the ones yep. that we've, we've got history so that's with. Where we'll we've, we've lost, that's where we'll slap uh, up.
0: That's where we'll uh, slap up. Would it be we'll the, the first time we've lost in. there as well? Yeah.
2: Lost in Kaunas a few years ago, yeah. We've so, got um, yeah there there is history
0: there. Yeah. We've, we've got Slovenia who are third in the the, the the playoffs along with say, the likes of Ireland, so they've obviously done slightly better in their group than we have. Um and we've got Slovakia who finished yeah. second in their group behind Spain by the looks of it, because Ukraine lost to Spain tonight, I believe. Yeah. Um sure. yeah, Slovakia beat Luxembourg four two away from home, and you can even watch the Spain at home, so, yeah, okay. so Slovakia have qualified, uh, and then yeah. obviously we've got England, who have got their 100% record, from that this campaign.
1: It's a very similar team yeah.
0: of a group. When the draw first came out, I was, quite, bad, you would think? I was quite happy about it, but now I'm looking at it going, hmm, maybe not, I mean, like I said, we've actually got half of England's group, because we've got England, Slovenia and Lithuania. <laughs> Are, yeah, they're all in the same all, qualifying no, group now, so very well, yeah. yeah. So Slovenia are, are, are the team that have come for the they're, they're in the playoff for that group. Uh, Switzerland were the team that finished second in that group behind England. So, um, right, so it's a
1: it's a very similar group actually. It's a very
0: similar it's group. What England's got now?
1: Won all the home games, fifteen points.
0: Hi. <laughs> <laughs> nice, I suppose, but, you know, um, the other
2: the other thing that bears similarity is the fact that we've got one of the. Um, you know, we've obviously we we had Ireland in the in the, the previous group, so you know we were very familiar with a lot of their players. Now we've got England too. Again, we're you know pretty familiar with having played twice in the last two years. So uh, we, we do have that kind of you know, almost call it a derby fixture uh, <laughs> as well.
0: Yeah, it's a bit more of a, a ten derby us one though, because at least with, oh, with, right. at, at least with Ireland we can go to Dublin and get drunk. And we can't, get, not on, not we can't get on with the Irish, but the, the English it can be a bit more. So, I haven't said yeah. that. I've only ever been to one Scotland England game. It was a game at Celtic Park last season, and it was a bit of a damp scrub, to be honest. But what I was expecting. Yeah. So uh, I, I know it was a friendly. So I'd imagine that a game that actually means something will be a bit more, uh, a bit more tense. But uh, we'll, well, that's see. The point I was I'll...
2: just going to make actually. Because uh, I mean, for these two friendlies, I. Felt like I was probably the only person in the country that just couldn't get excited for them at all, knowing that if we did win either of those games, and you know, obviously beat England for the first time since you know, two thousand, uh, well, sorry, nineteen ninety nine, mm. qualifying for the two thousand euros. If we had won it, then it would always go, have gone down as a friendly. Um, you know, you want to do it in a, a game that really means something, that will take you somewhere, or a great result that will. Really help you with your, your bid to qualify for a tournament rather than just a, a friendly because you know at the end of the day that, that results result not you know it's meaningless
0: yeah no and I agree as, as, uh, you're I just, not going to know
2: for of those games.
0: I got I got more excited about the, the the game at Celtic Park than I did at the game down at Wembley because um, for me it was that was that it was the game at Wembley was a friendly. I think the fact that we performed really well in that game was what got me a bit more excited for the yeah. game at Celtic Park. That and the fact that I was going to the game at Celtic Park, I didn't go into Wembley. So. But uh, yeah. I, I think I think the fact that we, we, we took the lead twice at Wembley, didn't we? Before eventually yeah, we, we played did back play. and lost 3-2. Whereas at Celtic yeah. Park, we never really looked what like we were going to get at the game. I mean, England looked like a better team. Wayne when Rooney they, when they looked what. a Head and shoulders above the rest of it the- t- was on the park, to be honest. Yeah, he
2: was unplayable,
0: wasn't he? Yeah, uh, I think that made a big difference. It was it was it just it was one of those weird sort of I think ordinarily I'd have been disappointed to lose to England, but I think that in that case it was kind of uh, it's just a friendly. So I think that maybe had a bit I think if, yeah, if, in, in qualifying it's gonna be a lot different. Uh I think I think if, well, I may have said this in the podcast before, but I think unfortunately having England in the group is probably gonna keep the prices quite high. Because I know that was a yes. real bugbear for the Tartan Army this time round was it was the prices. Uh, I think our best chance is that they go back and look at it and go, you know what, we can probably justify overcharging for the England game, but this time round we're not going to overcharge for the Malta game. So they go back to the no. category system instead of just the flat rate. And e- actually, I say yeah. that, even the flat rate wasn't a flat rate because the friendly against England was more than any of the qualifiers. Yes, Which I thought uh, was bizarre. You could get a game, you could get a ticket for a game against the World Champions for less, than you could get a game for a friendly against England. <laughs> yeah,
2: absolutely. Um, I you should hopefully you could, get off a good
1: start.
2: Could, in terms of the pricing, you look at the, the three, um, well, I suppose the three bigger games that we had in the in the group, and you know, obviously the atmosphere at Parkhead for the, the Republic game was was intense. It was fantastic. Um, and then the two final home games at at, at Hamden, that, you know, obviously had, uh, you know, the whole campaign rested on on those two games, basically, yeah. the, the Germany and the Poland matches. They did sell out, where yeah. the t- the price of the tickets um, didn't work was obviously for the the Georgia the game, game at Ibrox, Ibrox and the Gibraltar was, game, at Hamden. Exactly, the, the, the two of those games were um, were, were significantly yeah. short of the, the capacity. And uh, you know that that wasn't that shouldn't happen. You know, yeah, both of them were were decent times of the day. They weren't night matches. You know, know. One was a, a Saturday night, and one was a, a, a Sunday afternoon. So. Um, yeah, and I, I think that was a bit of a letdown
0: I think that proves the point about the categories it really does need yes. to go back to that because it can prove that you can sell out the games I mean alright the games against Germany and Poland meant a bit more as well but I think you were always yes. going to sell out the Germany game because it was Germany you were always going to get Aye. a decent turnout for the likes of Ireland or England as well because of the, yeah. the, the the local rivalries we can put it
2: yeah with a lot of away fans as well you know you get a lot of travelling fans for these yeah. games too
0: yeah, and I mean, even the the Poland the game sold out because there was a lot of poles there. I think that made a big difference as well, because they obviously had their oh, away right. section, but they also had, like, there was other set pockets of them dotted around the stadium. So that probably made a difference. Yeah. <laughs> I must have looked the right happens. weirdo with my yeah, was... name on my back my on top. <laughs> and my top. on top. I and my half and half scarf. <laughs> huh? You sure you're on the right end, mate? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that makes sure of it, doesn't it? The half and yeah. half score. <laughs> you,
2: know, you can't, you can't, you can't really be flung out on the basis of having one of them. But, uh, no. but yeah, I mean it was. Um, they they created some amount of noise, didn't they? In the, the away and yeah, thought, we
0: thought we were under, we were under attack. The, for, the, there was uh, one or two uh, after their goals. There was one or two pyro incidents as well, which uh, I, odd, oddly the media seemed to praise quite a bit. Which is weird, because if it happens in a domestic game, then the, the fans get pollered yeah. for it. So it's, it's, there's not much consistency when it comes to reporting the pyro, which I find uh, a bit disappointing. But uh, yeah, yeah well, I, mean, I, 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 I must admit, I was standing there, it looked impressive. I know there's dangers with pyro and stuff like that, but from my perspective, yeah. sitting the other side of the, the, the stadium from them, it looked pretty impressive. So It yeah. did
2: look impressive, yeah. It was mainly the firecrackers that were making such a loud noise. That, yeah. Uh, <laughs> That I found to be a bit well kind of off-putting when I was trying to try to file a report, which, was, uh, which, which which changed changed the tune of uh, well the tune of which changed you know very dramatically at the very end when the deadline was, was looming. So that's um, a point. Did
0: you just put delete and start again? Eh?
2: I, I couldn't really do that. But um, yeah, it, uh, it's one of these where you you kind of wish you had a little bit more time to. To look over the entire thing, because uh, I mean, I suppose the thing was the, the the end result was inconsequential given the republic's victory. Well, no, it wasn't. You did mention, <laughs> the, 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 you did mention there was a, a chance, but it was a slim chance.
0: Yeah, we need we <laughs> we, need, we needed Ireland to then go and beat Poland and Poland as well, which That's was right, always yeah. going to be a difficult ask. So. So yeah. yeah, it was it was, it was was always a slim chance even if we had beaten Poland, and ultimately yeah. Ireland didn't win in Poland, so we would have been out anyway, no. but, but uh, it would have been nice so to take it to the last similar game. i
2: feeling after the Italy game a few years ago, because I remember when it was still 1-1, we could still have qualified if, um, if the Faroe Islands had taken care of Italy in their final game.
0: Aye, aye. It was a. I think it was even even more unlikely. But I mean, I think the thing that annoyed me about that game in Italy was the fact that the the free kick that they pretty much scored the winning and goal from was a free kick to us, not them. Uh,
2: by by a mile.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which it was glaring. Yeah, I was raging that night. Couldn't believe oh, it. Aye. The referee. Uh, yeah, I mean, just 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 to finish up on this because um, John, you were saying about we hopefully got off to a good start. Yeah. Aye, we've
1: got Malta lucky, and to start the campaign so. Yeah, hopefully that should be six points in the bag. But yeah, then I mean, that's it's it's tricky. Yeah. I'll be Slovakia.
0: Yeah, I followed, about another tricky way in England, which is uh, so. Yeah, we we kind of want to get those six in the bag straight away, don't we?
2: Yeah, that was the key to that really good Euro two thousand and eight campaign. We we started the, the campaign with, with games against the Faroe Islands and Lithuania, um, home and away, and then um, uh, won, won won them both. You know, so that just meant you know what on paper looked to be pretty straightforward start. We took full advantage of that. Yeah. Now, where we didn't take full advantage of what looked to be a good start was under Craig Levine um, qualifying for the World Cup in 2014 because um, we, we started off with games at home against Serbia and Macedonia and took two points from six. Yeah, after, uh, you know, you're always chasing at, at, it after at that. that. Time when, yeah, chasing it after that completely. At a time when... Um, you know, that that was when the, the fixtures were still being negotiated as opposed to the computer system which now um you know, produces the, the fixtures and Craig Levine drove a hard bargain to make sure we got those those two games mm-hmm. at home to start off with and uh, ultimately the fact he didn't take advantage of that opportunity was huge. The reason why he didn't last very much longer after that.
0: Yeah. I mean and that's that's it exactly, but I mean everything's been set. that you're looking at like Malta, Scotland is the fourth of September twenty sixteen at eight forty five, which I yeah. think's maybe local time, I'm not sure. it uh, will be, yeah. Yeah. But I mean everything's set like that. I mean I think most of our kick offs are kind of late kickoffs, by the looks of it. Um there's a six o'clock kickoff on the tenth of June against England at Hamden. So that'll be that'll be entertaining. <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I, th- it, I think yeah. these are all Central European times actually I just think the way the, it's worked this time around because that's like 5 o'clock and 7.45 of have had kick and that's 6 o'clock and 8.45 according to Wikipedia so so I think That'd I probably just the to people so 5 o'clock kickoff against England in June right ouch <laughs> but I, I mean I think the, the tricky bit for us, really, is our last two games are at home in Slovakia and away to Slovenia. So they could be the most crucial games. If we're still in the mix, then we're looking at that as our two rivals for the, the second spot, possibly. Because you imagine I know I'm probably jumping the gun here, but you're imagining England will probably win the group and then we're chasing down second for the playoff spot. Yeah. Uh, so those two games could be absolutely crucial.
2: Did we not have a, a good win against Slovenia away from home a few years ago under Walter Smith? I think we beat them three 0 away from home.
1: Oh, I think we did. Um, yeah.
2: Obviously, uh, Obviously, it'll be a much changed team this time around. But
3: uh, I mean, just,
2: just Those, those Eastern <laughs> European games are, you know, I suppose quite often seen as the ones in which we we, we dread. You know, we, we, we don't fare well. Um, you know, a lot of the time when we when we make these trips to, uh, you know, countries like Slovenia. So uh, yeah, hopefully we can we can finish the campaign on a high, because, I mean, as, as you say, it could it could have very well come down to that, that game at the, at, the, at the end of the
0: campaign. Yeah. I, th- I think the good thing is there's nobody there we're playing that plays like in a roasting hot climate, like Macedonia has, have in the last couple of times uh, that we've had to play them. The obvious exceptions is Malta, but we play Malta in like the start of September. Yeah. So, even though it's likely to be quite warm with Malta in the start of September, if you're looking at it, like, yeah, it's still Malta, you should still beat them.
2: Yeah, if you can't it's like beat whoever draws them in that yeah. 10th of June fixture
0: yeah He's that could be tricky that. yeah all right um who has got them in that tension fixture <laughs> it's oh no they're not even at home it's, it's Slovenia at home that and that oh, really? fixture so that's uh they've probably got lucky with that one so yeah. actually actually there's every chance that we're playing them in a the warmest thing because the england play malta on the first of september 2017 so right so yeah, that's, that's, that's what Scotland I've got to look forward to. i start off on the, the 4th of September away in Malta. I just 11 months from now. <laughs> <laughs> Until then, friendlies playing teams that are warming up for their big shindig in France. What well, we go yeah. on, hope. Re- Reminisce and wish it could have been. And, and then get back to domestic football. Which takes us nicely on to the Premiership predictions for the weekend because we're back in... the uh, Back to swing of things on Friday night, actually, with uh, Ross County and Aberdeen. They're kicking off the weekend. And, um,
2: yeah, that's a d- covering. So I was uh, going to ask to out, to you, are
0: you there? Yeah, certainly. Right, don't do what Laurie does and jump up and cheer.
2: <laughs> I always look forward to it. <laughs> no, not all, uh, well practiced at doing that. Uh, certainly, the last time Aberdeen came up to the Highlands, there was nothing to cheer about. That was uh, a miserable day for the Dons at uh, Inverness.
0: Uh, yeah, that's yeah, true. A, yeah,
2: a month ago, so um, that's going to be a tricky fixture. I mean, Aberdeen have lost three domestic games on the bounce for the first time uh, under McInnes. Um, that's what they, they they go into the game on the back of um, they, they lost three in the bounce that included two defeats against Real Sociedad last season. But this is the first time we've we've lost three domestic fixtures right. under under McInnes. So um, yeah, the Aberdeen fans are obviously. Um, you know, determined not to make that, you know, you know, that, uh, determined that uh, their side's going to respond, you know, and, and put that behind them. It's um, not a venue that Aberdeen fare particularly well at, to be honest.
0: Uh, no, it's a tricky place to time. go for anybody, to be honest.
2: Aye, um, I think they won for the first time there last season. Um, it had not been a happy hunting ground whatsoever, so... Um, and the Ross County Aberdeen games, the other thing that's notable about it is it always seems to get moved for television. I don't know why television seems to, to rate it so much. <laughs> um, the Iron, yeah, that is, I think, now will actually be a really good game.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, quite similar st- for all Aberdeen are top of the league, you look at Ross County sitting in the first spot they were. Yeah,
3: first yeah. yeah,
0: that's part uh, part, yeah. I don't think they're quite as in good form as they were previously, but it's hard to tell because it's now after the international break. I think, and, and, and I'm, I'm sure Aberdeen were glad to get the international break just to, 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 yes. to regroup after the three defeats. So,
2: well, that's the thing. both um, clubs are on downers. Is, uh, yeah, County lost their last game in the Highland Derby. Um, I suppose you could look at that two ways because um, a really good opportunity to, to sort of uh, regroup after a, after a defeat, but. That said, it, it makes a big difference to the morale of a squad to go into an international break having won. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'm no, really looking forward to it. County have got a few wee injury problems building up though. Um, the only, I mean, there's been a lot mentioned about how, by comparison to their Highland rivals, how much squad depth County have compared to what's seen as being quite a threadbare Inverness squad. For the Highland derby, County only had six substitutes. Um, just due to their their injury problems. So um, uh, whereas Sinverness had, had seven, mm-hmm. but uh, they are starting to build. Scott Fox is out for a couple of months with a uh, um, an ankle ligament injury that he picked up in that game. That's a big blow because he's started the season brilliantly for for county. Yeah. Um, Craig Curran is still out with the effects of concussion. That sounds a a really nasty one. Um, still con- from concussion. Yeah, apparently he's, he's been having dizzy spells every, right. every so often, so it's just one that they've had to be really, really careful yeah. with.
0: But it's not um, something you can mess about with.
2: No, no, not at all. He picked up that injury in the the 4-0 win against Kilmanach in August, but uh, he played the following win against Dundee United, and by, own, by his own admission, he, he probably shouldn't have played that game. Um, but ever since then, he's, he's, he's been closely monitored and kept away from the pitch. So I hope that's not a serious one. Um, you know because he's mm. he's become an important player for them. They've signed a a, Holland under, a former Holland Holland under 21 international striker called Alex Schalk, who um, had four caps for Holland under 21s and uh, played in the Eredivisie last season for Go Ahead Eagles. Despite them being relegated, he looks a an interesting signing actually. Looks like he's he certainly played at a good level. So um,
0: oh, well, maybe we'll get a hat trick against Aberdeen
2: then. Ah, you never know. And if it's not him, then it's probably Liam Boyce. He's, uh,
0: yeah, Liam, Liam Boyce obviously the, the man that's in the form and what you say, is job went with yeah. the the, the Northern Irish and the last lost. We'll be oh, looking absolutely. to people we'll looking to spend the next few months trying to stake a claim in the Michael O'Neill's 23. Very much so, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that. so okay, will we well, we go to the predictions then? Yes, yeah, sorry, right. sorry <laughs> <good> about that. <laughs> no, it's all right. It's, it's interesting stuff. So. <laughs> i happy, right? Okay, so I'm going to have to say I think Aberdeen will get back to winning ways. I think it'll probably be something like two one. Yeah, I I'll, I'll
2: agree with that actually. I'm going to say two one as well. Yeah.
0: John, you're off the quiet.
1: Aye, no, I'm just I was listening to Andy. <laughs> uh, so Ross County <laughs> one Aberdeen two. Uh, the odds for that are Ross County three to one. The draw five to two, and Aberdeen are twenty to twenty one. Hmm.
0: Well, we're doing our bad odds then. Alright, oh. so we move on to the Saturday games and we start off with the lunchtime, 12 o'clock kick-off at Fir Park, Motherwell versus Celtic. Uh, and Motherwell may have a new manager by then, because they're suggesting that they're close to naming a successor to Ian Barakoff and the announcement could be made within the next day. So yeah. we're on Monday now, that game doesn't take place until Saturday, so they might have a new manager bounce for Motherwell for that one.
1: And no. the bookie have Mark McGee his favourite. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh,
2: did a great job there first time around. You've got to say, you've got to hand it to him there. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but how did Mark? How did
0: Mark McGee M- M- do the last time he faced Celtic? Remind me.
2: Well, yeah,
0: okay. <laughs> was that you nine know, 0 to Celtic against? Alton? It was nine yeah. 0 mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So he uh, uh, it may he it may not want to be facing Celtic. <laughs> 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 I don't I don't see nine 0 on us. I must admit. <laughs> Um, First no. Park's always a tricky place for Celtic to go. Uh, even when Motherwell are, are, are kind of struggling. I mean, I think the last visit there was a 1 0 win. We really should have scored more. than Motherwell had a really good chance towards the end of the game. They could have made it one each. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it's, it's just it's, there's something about First Park, it's a tricky place for Celtic to go. So, um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repeat the Friday night fixture uh, score win. I'm going to say 2 1 away win.
2: New manager Banks can sometimes. Yeah, I'll give a it's probably a good thing for Motherwell to, to be going into the game with if, if they do make an appointment before Saturday. Um in terms of who it'll be, I mean I mean if there has been movement in the odds with Mark McGee then that suggests that people could be in the know somehow, or maybe it's just putting two and two together given the, the Scotland circumstances. But um I, I thought from the start that it would be Stephen Craigan that we would get the job. Just really like the cut of his jib and as a guy that Knows the club. Um, I just thought that was that was gonna be the way they would go. But there's the, the former player, is it Balakari that,
1: that's been linked to yeah. that as well?
3: Their season wasn't finished
1: till the twenty fifth of October though. He's yeah. managed in Finland, just now their team is going for the title.
0: Yeah. He's
1: yeah. not gonna money move it right now though, is he? No, no, not at all. I don't remember him at all as
2: a another player, I must admit, but uh, yeah, it's a midfielder. It's,
0: um yeah. The name rings a bell.
2: <laughs> Hi. Um so yeah, no interesting to see what comes of that. But uh I think Celtic will probably have, have too much for them. Um let's remember it's a Motherwell side that um okay, although they won their first game under Craigan, um uh, you know, as a whole their their season hasn't hasn't gone well at all, which is why their their position is vacant. So um I think it'll be a two 0 win for, for
1: Celtic. I'll go for Motherwell one, Celtic three. Motherwell are 19-2, the draw's 19-4,
0: and the draw is 2-7. It's only the Celtic one's 2-7. So, not worth betting on then. Alright, 3 o'clock kickoffs. we'll start off with Hamilton against Dundee. That's an interesting one. Cause, um it
2: certainly is. Ham-
0: yeah. Hamilton gave Celtic a decent game uh, just before the break there. Yeah. Took the lead against us, sitting fourth, a point ahead of Dundee in sixth, so... It's uh, a point, also a point behind hearts and third, so that's a, it, it could be tasty. I'm going to, I'm going to go for a home one. I think, with this one. I think Hamilton might be just a wee bit too much for Dundee, Dundee have, have kind of flattered to deceive at times. There seems to be potential for Dundee to do well, but they, they don't quite seem to be matching it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to go for a third 2-1, but this time it's a 2-1 home one. Yeah, I, I'm going
2: to go for Hamilton as well. I, I really like watching Hamilton. Um, they're a team that I've, I've seen a lot of in recent seasons for some reason I, I always tend to <laughs> see a lot of Hamilton be it reporting on uh, you know games down at New Douglas Park or seeing them um, you know weekends when I'm back in Aberdeen not working um, they're just a, a team that I seem to have managed to catch a, a lot of over the last two seasons but um, I've always really enjoyed the, the way they play um, and I think their their form this season's been excellent and it's kinda of put to bed all the sort of doubts that there were about Martin Canning's credentials that people had toward the end of last season. Um he's he's really kinda of got got back on the got that team back, you know, in the in the sort of groove that they were in last season, so at the start of last season I, I mean so. Um I'll say a two 0 win for them on, on Saturday.
1: I'm gonna go for a Desmond. Uh, two all. So Very
0: <laughs> good. You can't even say a Desmond and say two all. You need to say two yeah. to two and explain it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Harbor thirteen to ten, it draws
0: five to two and Dundee dear two to one. Decent odds in there somewhat. If you fancy yep. All right. Second yeah. three o'clock game is Cumbernauld versus Inverness. Now the question here is, who's going to be Inverness manager? Because uh, earlier today, Dun United's approach for John Hughes was rejected by Inverness.
2: Ah well, uh, that was earlier in the weekend. They the rejected an approach on Friday, but um, oh
0: yes, it was. The, the after question. the initial, <laughs> after the
2: initial rejection, um, you know, I suppose quite a lot of people might have thought, oh, that's that, that, that's that." But uh, United have. Well, United are still in for him. Um, they're still keen. They're prepared to pay the compensation, um, and they they want to, to talk to to Hughes. It's just um, to get the compensation a right, then. Yeah, it's my belief that Hughes wants to speak to United as well. So, all right, that could be that could be interesting.
0: Um, um, podcast exclusives. <laughs>
2: um, well, I think I think a couple of papers did have it today as well, but. Uh, ah, damn. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's um, that. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what happens there. Uh, there's a, a feeling that he's perhaps done done all he can at Inverness, and in a very short space of time as well. Kind of quite easy to forget that last season, as much success as they did achieve. It was his first full season in charge, so yeah, true. Um, he's, he's kind of he's, he's he's probably peaked with Inverness far too quickly. Um, quite often, you know, it's. A job like that would be a long-term kind of progress, but uh, there's, there's no way that you can, um, you know, take Inverness to the heights of, you know of last season and not attract some attention from elsewhere. And obviously, Stephen Thompson's been very impressed with them. So, um, yeah, I think to be honest, I can see that one going through. Um, I think from United's point of view, it's already common knowledge that they went for Tommy Wright, and that's not happening because he signed a new deal with St John.
0: So, yeah, yeah, that's you know, that's great news for St Johnson. I think that's, that's interesting because it's, it's kind of different between the two. I mean, what you're saying, uh, uh, you might have peaked with uh, Inverness you know, in the stake of uh, John Hughes, but you could say, you could mm-hmm. almost say the same about Tommy Wright, but Tommy Wright seems quite determined to stay at St Johnson, so... So maybe yeah. he maybe he feels he can, there's more he can do to Saint Johnson, which is, is interesting. So may, I mean, it's possible that John Hughes might feel the same about Inverness, but but from what you're saying, yeah. maybe not.
2: <laughs> well, I I was thinking just more in terms of United kind of forcing the issue. His contract is up at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, and it would it would take a, a compensation payment of two hundred thousand, regardless of that though, to to get him. That's a clause that's in his contract. So, um, but United, I believe, would be prepared to pay that. Um, it really just comes down to. Inverness, kind of, or well, it comes down to what, what Hughes wants to do. Because um, you know, if he if he doesn't want to be at Inverness any longer, then, then there's no point in Inverness keeping a hold of a uh, you know a, yeah. a manager that wants to, to be elsewhere. Um, from United's point of view, because of the fact that you know Tommy Dright was their their first choice, you know they've obviously it's out there that they've made an approach for Hughes. Um, I think I, I believe Stuart recalls the third choice, but I mean, where would that leave him if if they were to turn to him now, having you know, obviously, uh, yeah, had two others, yeah, yeah, kind of, it sends out the wrong message to an incoming manager that he's the sort of the plan C. Um, <laughs> you know, so, and um, I, I think I can see the Hughes one being being tied up. Um, mm. You never know, possibly by the by the weekend. But, yeah. um, I mean, it's a position that Inverness are familiar with. Um, they've, uh, you know, obviously, they've, they've lost a whole rake of managers over the years to, to bigger clubs. The, the first one was Steve Patterson, who went to, to Aberdeen. Yeah. Um, yeah yeah Robertson I mean went to Hartz, yeah the latest was
0: uh, Terry Butcher obviously and Terry Butcher's probably yeah. the word of warning for the likes of John Hughes because what will happen uh, to, to be on, Butcher next
2: <laughs> yeah to be honest they're all a word of warning Uh it didn't work for any of them Craig Brewster to Dundee the United was was a disaster <laughs> through, as well. yeah um, Patterson and Aberdeen and Robertson at Tarts weren't weren't successful either so um yeah no it's probably a a poisoned chalice if you if you like don't leave Inverness easily <laughs>
0: um, alright it makes it very difficult to decide what's going to happen between Cowart and Inverness now doesn't it because <laughs> maybe manager us Inverness by the end of the, uh, the time the game comes yeah. round but um, like
2: you have improved in recent weeks
0: haven't they yeah, yeah. certainly I certainly, certainly like don't look anywhere near as bad as he did at the start of the season because he looked like relegation certs yeah. after the first few games but they seem to have rallied a bit they're, they're picking up their points the, obviously look Josh McGuinness coming back from uh, Northern Ireland probably still celebrating Hi. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, but again, you'll be a man on a high, on form. Yep. I, I, I can probably see Kamara getting something out of this game like with it being yeah. at home. And obviously, the artificial pitch might uh, affect Inverness as well. so I am going to say. I'm going to say one each.
2: I was going to say the exact same. Yeah. <laughs> one, one, one draw, yeah.
1: Um, I, I can't call it at all. I'm um, going for an odd Desmond 2 0. Two. I did consider
0: the two. 2 2. Uh, and I can't believe you've done it again. To all, again. Kobanik <laughs> are 29 to
1: 10, the draw's 13 to 5, and Valencia 19
0: to 20. Right. So, the final game of Saturday is St. Joyce and the Party Thistle. Um, and we already talked about Tommy Wright signing his new contract, so we can probably just jump straight into this one. And I am going to say. Although Partick I remembered remember to score, St Johnstone are probably a better team. I'm going 2-0 St Johnstone.
2: Yeah, I'll say 3-1 St Johnstone. Um, it's just been a miserable start to the season for, for Partick, although they are coming off a, a win in their last game. Um, you know, they, they, they did beat Dundee United, um, but I suppose that's,
0: Comprehensive that's something as well. that most teams
2: are doing just
1: yeah. now. Uh, I'm going to go 2-0, and uh, St Johnson are 21 to 20, which looks like
0: good value. The draws 5 to 2, and Partick one up 13 to 5. Uh, okay, so the final game of the weekend is Sunday 12 15 kickoff, which rather implies there's three games in the telly this week, but I can never remember which is on which channel. But it's at Tannadice, it's Dundee United versus Hearts. Uh, obviously, Dundee United or the, the team we just mentioned about whether they'll have a manager for this game. Who knows? It could be Big uh, like Dave Bowman and charge still. Um, I've got to fancy Hearts to get back into winning ways here. Down United were in utter shambles against us. So, uh, mm-hmm. And Hearts probably need something to kick start after the, the good start to the season. Mm-hmm. They've kind of fallen away a bit. Um, so I will go for... I'm going 3-1 Hearts. Even though it's at <laughs> of
1: uh, could um, depend again on the management situation couldn't
0: Yeah, you? again, yeah Fair to Or yeah, right his yeah. all these, all these manager movements <laughs> My difficult. prediction
1: is
2: My prediction is that John Hughes Will be in place by the weekend And the, the, the new manager bounce That we spoke of earlier Will, uh, will, will work its way into United's favour And uh, they will secure A 1-1 draw in that game Yeah,
1: I'm thinking a 1-0 draw as well Actually the odds in this game, Dundee United are 15-8. to 8, The Jaws 5-2 to 2, and Hearts are 75. Alright, so that's the
0: predictions done. So we've got Charity Bet to pick. And the only thing we agreed on there, really, was Aberdeen winning. And we agreed in Celtic winning as well, but the odds are rubbish. But
1: we all agreed on Celtic yeah. winning. Uh, oh,
0: yes, yeah, so we did. Uh, what was St Johnson's odds then?
1: 21-20. That's not bad.
0: So what's the Aberdeen-St Johnson double?
1: Aberdeen's Friday.
0: I know that's the one problem. We don't know how to touch even, them.
1: Can't do
0: that. Hmm. All right, what we got in the World League's then?
1: Didn't on the way. It's been to our four sets.
0: That ah, this couple did a bit last week. <laughs> <laughs> um. See him at websites getting hard to navigate because we still got European Championship qualifiers going on.
1: Oh yes, of course. Uh, Just got a football.
0: I do, but it takes off about three or four clicks to get there. Um, I definitely like St. Johnson 21-20, to 20. that looks like a good bet. I haven't all gone for it with Thistle. Um, other matches, oh, Rangers coming in the south and they're touching that with a barge pole. St.
1: Martin
0: at Lavenson, 5-4. Maybe. St. one are very dodgy at the moment, it's hard to bet on where they're going. Race Rovers are our twenty twenty three. Race Rovers have started yeah. well.
1: Aye. Forbes is kinda good. But
0: I don't LA Forbes quite as good. Mm. Yeah, that would what was already me, when what you say the home forms, I think it's keeping Race going. Um 4 for A United, it looks a tasted match in the League one. It would be better on it, but it's always uh, it's also no. a good game. Um. Aye.
2: Air have made a great start to the season. I mean there's it, it looked as if the Framlin were gonna be absolute certainties to, to run away with that league and
3: mm-hmm.
2: um I suppose Air have, have done a lot to suggest that they they're gonna be right up there as well. So um yeah, obviously an intriguing title race in, in League One there.
0: The only thing that stands out in that division is Dufferman. it's on what like you say at four to six. But we stra- if, he, if it was only St done on and Firmland, you're only talking about thirty four pound back. Then you need to knock the stake off. So it's not really good winnings there for us. Um, don't get greedy
1: I know. What
0: don't, don't there's don't, don't get greedy, but then there's 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 even making it worthwhile. <laughs> <sighs> um. What was that one you mentioned. St Murn was 5 to 4 to beat Livingston away. If you went St Johnson, St Murn, won £10, we'd we'll give you 76.88 back. And that's starting to get into getting greedy territory. Aye. Ah, Sainte double.
1: St Murnard have won one game at home in the league this season, Dunfermline have won three away.
0: Ah,
2: it seems right.
0: a bit. Se- I centi- double and that gives us a good title a a se- as well. Aye, I sent double, uh, a ten pound and that's is 46-13 which isn't great after you knock the stake off, but it's it's, it's better than nothing. But like, I mean, like the, the, the odds for Stannard and Fairwind, like the Stannard rubbish at home and the Fairwind are pretty good away, kind of thing. It just make me think it's it, you're as well putting the in there and we go for the treble. They're not it ruins title, but. Yeah. So, St. Johnson St. Mirren, Dunfermline? Yeah. Alright. Alright. £10 on that, 76, 88 return, so that's uh, that seems pretty reasonable. Right, first goal scorer, who are we going for? I'm tempted to say why corner Rangers again.
1: Because
0: <laughs> uh, I, I don't fancy Derek while well to do a, a, another Bobble, one, because they're at the this week. What about coming to Habs? At with Dumbarton? Barton. Yeah. Maybe he hasn't really been scoring first, from what I've seen. If he's been scoring he's been getting the second goal of the game. That might change though. It could do. I um. Yeah, well, I, I don't have any, to... I I don't have any better suggestions. I mean why the only other real suggestion I've got got, because Rangers are at home. Yeah. I oh, we could go with Cummings just for a for a change. I'll go with Cummings, I yeah. Like I'm I'm happy to go with Cummings, yeah. All right, so I don't think the odds are up for that. Yep, you know. they usually aren't in the World Leagues, however. Since it's Habs, no. Jason Cummins, first goal scorer is ten to three. So, at least ten pound on that. We return forty-three pounds, 33 So there you go. I've got half for that.
3: Yeah, that sounds
0: good to me. All right. So. Uh, that's us for the the, the podcast. It's, it's, I do apologise if this has been depressing because all oh, we've been talking about Scotland most of the time. But um, I think we probably all feel exactly the same way to be honest. <laughs> it's uh, It's been disappointing to not qualify yet again. And uh, we're coming up in 20 years of uh, being in the wilderness. I uh, assuming we can even qualify for Russia 2018. So. Back to the domestic business. We can go back to the respective clubs and no doubt we'll have a bit of banter next week between how Aberdeen and Celtic we're getting on because <laughs> mm-hmm. we've all been on the same side this week absolutely uh, so uh, thanks for listening if you've got us far I know it's been a, a long depressing one but uh, we hope it was worthwhile and maybe therapeutic and um, thanks for coming on guys always a pleasure
2: see you later cheers guys all the hey. best
0: Cheers, guys. Bye. <laughs>